listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Good days. Welcome to the Good Days Podcast with Eddie and Charlie. And today we got some special guests, Charlie. Yes, love it. Love it. We have Shay and Mia from Canica Camps. It's good days. Good having you guys. I don't know here. if you know about Canica Camps. Like they are mm-hmm. the like founding fathers of the professional camping industry. They are legends. They're 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 like the camp classics. Um, it's an amazing camp out of uh, or near Branson, Missouri. And so we're going to hear a little bit about that, but we also want to dive into Shay and Mia's story and stuff like that. But before we get that, um, what, what what happened to Michigan this weekend? I mean, at halftime, Indiana, Michigan, 10 to 10. Like, they are in trouble. They were in no, trouble. No, they were not in yes, trouble. They were. Was Indiana tied up at, at halftime? halftime? So Indiana, 10 to 10. Uh, this at Indiana, and our coach, one of our beloved coaches, had a, a seizure on the sideline oh in my. between the first and second quarter. Michigan was in a little bit of a funk. They came back, and what they did is they went 21 nothing in the second half. 288 yards they gained. IU, Indiana, had 27 total yards. It's hard to Complete win. It's hard to win total those kind of statistics. Domination. <laughs> You know, Shay six and O oh, domination. Shay coaches uh, fourth grade football. Hail That's right. to the victors, valiant! Hail to the conquering heroes! Oh my goodness, Charlie's fired up. I am. I'm actually a de- defensive coordinator for the fourth grade Banser Pirates, so I know stuff. I love it. Yes, right? we we run a four four. We blitz every down. Yes. I love Blitz it. Blitz every down. We're as soon as the ball is high, down. about half of my linemen backpedal. Yes. Like, no, go forward, covered. guys. Oh, oh okay. You got about six guys who like contact, five of their liabilities. Mm-hmm. So you build the whole scheme off of that. I love that. Bro, I know each other. I, I coached my kids at that age. It's, it's the greatest. I'm, I'm obsessed football? with it. It's, it's tackle, tackle football. It's full on. It's oh, a blast. Pads, the whole works. It so is the good. greatest. <laughs> so good. Amazing. Shout out, man. So you guys would appreciate this. We were, our head coach was getting the guys Thursday practice, getting them all pumped up. We're going to go play Bolivar up okay. the road in Bolivar. And he's like, we're going to go up to Bolivar. And what are they, what are they called? And so somebody's like, the boogers. Like, yeah, Whoa. we're going to go play the, the, Bolivar, the Bolivar boogers. <laughs> and one of the kids pipes up. He says, we're going to eat those boogers. And everybody's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're gonna eat those boogers. I, I mean, that's what's happening. Fourth graders. It's so gritty. It's so real. Put your hands in the air like you just don't care. And say, eat those boogers. <laughs> eat those boogers. Put your hands. In- <laughs> Come on, Mia. <laughs> Mia. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit, Shay and Mia. Like, what what do you do at Canica Camps? And a little intro into who you are and what you're doing. Then we're gonna d- dive into the topic for the day. Sounds good. Okay. So I just started my time at Canica. Okay. I, sweet. Um, have Worked on summer staff for the past eight, nine years Mm. and just got hired full time in May. Before that, I um, did K-Life, which is a ministry associated with Canapec, a youth discipleship Mm -hmm. ministry um, in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Yes. I'm very familiar with K-Life. Sweet. 
and now I work um, with Canacuck's traveling day camp. So yeah. I get to take um, the experience of Canacuck and take it into churches and communities that might not get to experience it otherwise. That's good. So we bring a zip line, we bring water yes. slides. It's an awesome time. It's Pack it fun. into the truck and, yes. you know, take camp with you. Yeah, it's a blast. On the road. Mia really is an example of what we're passionate about. I mean, we're mm. passionate about equipping next generation yes. leaders. Yes. So it's not just Christians. Like we want Christians to be leaders. Mm-hmm. Like we want to prepare them to be at the top of politics, the top of the business world, to be leaders in ministry. And so you look at a young lady like this who is playing soccer at Asbury. Yep. And and we're looking for people like her to put them in the lives of kids so that they have an example. Like this is what passionate faith looks like the next step and and you put them in front of her and they have something to strive mm-hmm. for and and our heart yeah. is to use discipleship and invest and equip that next generation yeah. and you see me as a perfect example that's yeah. just climbed up the ranks she's done youth ministry um in the parachurch environment yep. and now she's one of our our best leaders and we love what we get to do and we it's get great. to do it in a really unique and a special way yeah. I, I don't know if you know this, Shay, because we we just got we just met today. You know, Charlie and I just met you guys today, and we're thankful we have. It's already life changing for us, so we appreciate oh. it. So, Charlie and I, we actually co-teach a class every spring semester called Camp and Retreat. That's my favorite class. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> we, we actually get to teach that. I mean, That's it's, crazy. Yeah, it's yes. pretty special. It's pretty special. So, one of the things we talk about though, too, is very first class. We we ask them. How many of you have had a life-changing, transformational experience at a camp or retreat? Every hand goes up. Yep. So what you guys do, you know, on an everyday basis, you know, through your retreats, through your summer camping program is unbelievable. And um, I, I, we are grateful for the ministry that you have to our students because a lot of our students come and work for you here at IWU and go down to Branson, Missouri right. to uh, to hang out for the summer with you guys. So thank you for what you do and investing in our student body as well. So thank you. You bet. Well, I believe just in the power retreat, it's never, never been more important. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that like in human history, because even 30 years ago, if somebody wanted to get to my sister They'd have to either knock on the front door or they'd call our dial-up ring phone that had no voicemail to get to Chantel Robbins. We had five channels, you know, all the networks and PBS. Right. And that was the exposure that she had to the world. Yeah. But now, seven billion people have half dozen to a dozen ways to access kids in their home. Yeah. Our lives are saturated. We can't even stand in line to get coffee without looking at our phone or even pulling up to a stoplight for 20 seconds mm-hmm. without checking our text messages. So all the quiet space has been gobbled they're, up. They're, they're gone. Right. And the quiet space is where we hear God. Yeah. I you know, th- th- this is leads to a big question that we have for you. The question that we, we prepared for you is this, what has shifted with people that you're ministering to? What's been shifting? Yeah. What has shifted? Is that one of the things that has shifted? Well, without a doubt. It's just typical of Satan, right? Like he's going to take any angle he can mm-hmm. to take God's voice out of the equation, mm-hmm. right? To quiet the Lord. And 10 years ago, especially on the guy's side, you know, my biggest issue in ministry was dealing with pornography and mm-hmm. all of the horrific mm-hmm. ramifications of it. Mm-hmm. But now I say that that pornography or that anxiety is the new pornography. Mm. It is the biggest issue that we're dealing with. And I would have said that pre pandemic. And wow. now after two years of 
having an excuse to get out of every hard thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. We've been isolated. Um, Difficult things have been really pushed to the side and we've spent our time, all this extra time on our devices, comparing ourselves against everybody else and watching stuff that taints our mind and our heart with evil. And so you come out post pandemic and anxiety is through the roof, even in the best and the brightest. Dive a little deeper. This this idea that anxiety is the new pornography. Like, what what do you mean by that? Are you saying that that you're seeing that as the number one problem today with teenagers, the youth culture, young adults? Or are you saying like it's that bad? It's that serious? So dive into that a little bit more. I think we have a pandemic of anxiety. Wow. And you know, interestingly, the secular elites, probably the government to some level. Certainly Hollywood has drawn plenty of attention to anxiety and mental health. Mm -hmm. And it's probably warranted, right? But the problem is, is that their focus is on the anxiety itself. We're trying to treat anxiety with medication. We're trying to treat it with programs, Mm -hmm. with awareness, et cetera. Well, anxiety in and of itself is not a bad thing, right? Anxiety is a flag saying, Hey, there's something over here in your life. And behind this anxiety, there's a wound, there's a sin, there's a pain, there's a need, there's a fear, there's a desire. And what God does with anxiety is he uses it as a flag to say, hey. To get our attention. Exactly. Like this feeling and emotion that's going on, I want to share it with you. And I want to meet the need that's behind it. Mm -hmm. And what's so great is... You know, Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, you know, to be anxious about nothing, Nothing. but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to to God God. and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So what happens is as we in a personal relationship with God bring our anxiety to him, he exposes the hurtful and harmful things behind it. Right. He heals us up. He provides for us. He forgives us. And guess what happens? Anxiety evaporates and peace is, pops up in its place. That's just the pattern of a relationship with God. And so I look at many of my anxieties. I say, I say thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you that I was anxious about that bickering with my wife or my bad attitude because I needed to seek her forgiveness and be reconciled to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I did, guess what happened? That anxiety, it's gone. My relationship's restored. And so I say, thank you, God. And he wants to do that in so many different ways. Because there's, it, there, there's good anxiety because, and there's bad anxiety. There's some, some level of anxiety motivates us to do things. Right. And, and I think one of the things you're saying too, it also exposes stuff in our heart that's not good and we should turn over to God. And I think one of the things is we can't forget, like we've got to make sure that are we really relying and trusting in Jesus mm-hmm. or are we relying and trusting in somebody else or something else? Mm-hmm. And if we're placing that reliance for us to get by today in somebody else or something else that actually creates more anxiety than actually giving it to God that you quoted in Philippians, giving it to God. And so, and, and, and then the Holy allowing the Holy spirit to speak to us and go, no, you actually need to have a conversation with that teammate. You need to have a conversation with that professor you need to like have a professor a relationship or a, a, a conversation with your wife yeah. to make this right. Mm-hmm. And that anxiety 
melts away as we give it to Jesus. That's right. You know, Mia, can I ask you this? Do you see a difference, and you could both answer this, but how that anxiety that you're describing is 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 affecting women versus men? Mm-hmm. What do you see with mm-hmm. women? What do you see with men? How how are the differences between those two groups of people, you know, dealing with a very similar affliction? Yeah, so I think um, just my previous experience as an athlete, you see anxiety in people before a game. That's totally normal, but the way that people handle it is totally different. Some people rise to that occasion and some people just let the anxiety lock them up and they kind of freeze under that pressure. And I've definitely seen in women just both responses. Some um, kind of have the flight response. They try to run Mm -hmm. away. They try to run to Mm -hmm. something else. Um, But I've seen some women that just really try um, to kind of attack it and combat it firsthand. And Shay had a great example to the men's soccer team today of just like how to deal with anxiety in a healthy way. And so I won't steal his thunder on that, but I think um, it's definitely a fight or flight response for the most case um, that I've seen. And I think definitely there is a lot of danger in taking that and placing that into something else. Cause it, like you said, it just causes more anxiety. Well then to follow up with that, then our second question is how do you equip people, you know, to minister to that group? Mm-hmm. How are you equipping people to minister to that group? Those those students, those athletes. Yeah, especially because you, I mean, you are training, what do you hire, 2,500 college students somewhere in that ballpark, right. right? You hire 2,500 college students to minister to your campers throughout the summer. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be, one, one your, your staff that you're hiring, your college students you're hiring have to be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy. Right. Okay, to minister then to these campers. So what do you, back to Charlie's question, how are you equipping these college students to then, because these campers are filled with anxiety. Mm-hmm. They come from in, incredible, incredibly, uh, sometimes terribly awful home lives. And, and so they're coming to camp and they're dumping on their staff. Like, so how do you equip them to deal with this anxiety personally, but then to minister to these campers? And as you answer this question, the reason why we're doing this podcast this is the vast majority of people that are listening, watching are in the field and they need answers yeah. now to equip their volunteers. So this is a big deal because you're speaking to a lot of people uh, yeah. who need this question answered. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> Bro, what well, I mean, just, you know, it's yeah. on you now. Well, I want to start by leveling the playing field. Okay. We need to learn how to deal with it ourselves mm. before we can help anybody else. And that's kind of the, actually the beauty of it is let's learn it together. And then what, what was formerly a pain will become a passion. Yeah. And I always tell people, don't teach on anything you're not passionate about. You know, so this is, it's truly what I'm going to talk about is just experiencing God. Mm-hmm. Right. And so part of my just daily time with the Lord is, is to get up early and I go, I, I just consider my time with God. I'm going to the doctor's office. Because I know that every day I'm waking up with these different ailments. And in my time with God and sitting before the doctors is, is if I'm willing, he'll expose my ailments for the day. And then he'll give me the prescription that will heal up those ailments and allow me to walk out healthy. And so you do that, a, it's a basically a, we're, we're calling a spiritual checkup every day, every, every morning day. as you meet with Jesus in the word and your devotions 
Like, like David said, examine my heart, O Lord, and see if there's any offensive thing in my life, expose it, and let's deal with it. That's right. And that's actually where I go. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Mm-hmm. There's just four steps to it. First thing he says is, search me, O God, and know my heart. Yeah. So he goes to the doctor and he says, God, I, I'm, a, I'm humble enough that I'm going to expose myself and mm-hmm. I want to share everything with you. These emotions, these feelings, these struggles, like, I want to experience a relationship where we're open. He says, try me and know my anxious ways. So he's saying, okay, I want you to know everything about me. And then I want you to test me, expose my anxieties. And that's when you just sit and you spend time in that quiet, the quiet space that's been gobbled up in our busy world because of our phones and everything else. And he's, he's inviting God, like, what are my anxieties? And then the third step is, and he says, and expose any harmful way in me. Like, what's the hurtful thing that's behind that anxiety? And then finally he says, and lead me in the everlasting way. Four-step process. Here's my heart, God, my feelings and emotions. What are my anxieties of the day? What, what flag is waving that needs to be dealt with? And then what's the hurtful thing that's yeah. behind that, that you want to heal up? forgive, meet the needs of, and then lead me in the everlasting way. Four steps. And, and so what is so cool is that if, when you do that, like we, we, we'd hear about relationship with God in the Christian world so many times, like, what does that even mean? Like, how do I experience a relationship with an invisible God? Well, when you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, you're also given the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Praise right? God. Absolutely. You're given the mind of Christ. And when you recognize the emotions, okay, I'm anxious about something. God, what is it? And through the mind of Christ, he'll say, Shay, right now you're anxious about money. You're worried about meeting the bills. And the doctor gives me a prescription for that. Right? In the model prayer in Matthew chapter six, he says, give us this day our daily bread. He goes on to say, there isn't a sparrow that falls from the sky that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. The hair on your head, it's numbered. It's numbered. Right? Like I'm paying attention to you. I'm going to meet your needs. And when I present those supplications, okay, God, I need you to provide for me. I do it with thanksgiving and I look back and I look at all the months that he's provided in all the awesome ways. I say, oh yeah, you are good. You do have this. I trust you. Right? And what could, could be hurtful to mm-hmm. me, if I obsess over it or stress out of it or try and take control. Instead, anxiety disappears. Mm-hmm. In comes peace, and I'm led in the everlasting way. Same thing with sin, right? People want to hear from God. Well, if you've ever been convicted, the God of the universe cared about you enough and every little nuance of your life to speak into your life and say, you know what? What you're doing is hurtful, mm-hmm. it's harmful. And I want to lead you in the everlasting way. That's the voice of God, conviction. When I deal, when I recognize that, okay, here's, a, here's my anxiety. Why am I anxious? Well, it's a sin. You're in sin right now. You're looking at something you shouldn't be looking at. It needs to be exposed. My prescription, 1 John 1, 9, that if you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of all sins and to cleanse us of unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. That's a personal relationship. If yeah. we go back, I'm sorry. Go, no, you go for it. 
if we go back to something really, really quick on what you said, first off, I'm glad you said that. Like we'll teach here that conviction is not the absence of Christ in your life. Rather, it's his presence. Yes. So, you know, if there's conviction, you're in relationship. But just for us. Conviction is a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing. It's a a good thing. You feel bad about it when instead you should be standing on the table, screaming and yelling, the God of the universe, he loves me. This is radical. I love it. So the question is this, can you go back for us and just kind of re-explain anxiety and how do you see it playing out? I mean, this is really important. Yeah. Anxiety. It is, first of all, it's a universal feeling. Mm -hmm. You're not by yourself. In fact, there's no human that doesn't experience it. It's normal. It is worry, concern, fear about things that you don't have control of or things that need to be healed up or things that you need to deal with, right? It's interestingly a universal feeling that is birthed out of a lot of different things. Just because you feel anxiety doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. I think there's a lot of people that have been abused Mm -hmm. that experience anxiety every day. They buried that thing so deep that they don't know why they're anxious. It's just overtaking their life. They become anxious about their anxiousness. They become depressed. Well, there's healing that needs to take place. And no matter how horrific that wound is, and I, I know how bad it can be, God can heal it up. Mm-hmm. And go ahead. I was going to say, because here's one of the things, too, is sometimes we have to dig up those really painful things in our life. And I think a lot of times we don't want to go there. That's right. You know, we don't want to touch that. We have, and that's why we deal with like the symptoms instead of like dealing with the root problem. Mm-hmm. And part of the prescription you talked about is getting to the root issue right. and giving that to God and allowing God to begin that process of healing. And it's not like an overnight fix for a lot of these situations. Like it, no. it's, it's something that's, that's, that's happened in your life or something, maybe it's sin in your life or something sin has been done to you right. and what you were just discussing uh, with abuse or whatever the case might be. And, and we don't want, we don't want to bring that up mm-hmm. because it's too hard. It's too painful. And yet to get true, like, um, health and healing, we have to go to that deep, dark place That's right. and expose it and allow God to begin that process of redemption, restoration, healing. And that sometimes isn't, it's, it's not a quick fix. Here's what people need to understand. Two things. Number one, you can experience peace and joy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through the process. In the midst mm-hmm. of this. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's the first thing. Second thing Especially is... Especially through little victories. Right. Early in that passage in Psalm 139, it says, he knows when you lie down, yeah. when you rise up, your words before they come out of your mouth. It says that he knit you together in your mother's womb. His thoughts towards you are greater than the sand of the seashore. And so he... God created us down to every stroke of DNA, every chromosome it was put in place. He he wants to know us, or he does know us that intimately, but he wants to share the knowledge of who we are on that level. And so when we block off these little corners of our life, 
we are blocking off the depth of relationship with God that he wants to have with us. Mm -hmm. And so in order, in order for us to go deep and to be fully known by God and to have the fullness uh, measure of his blessings and his Mm -hmm. intimacy and his passions and his purpose and all these amazing things that come with faith, we've got to let him in. Mm -hmm. But when, when you let him in, he fixes things. Yeah. He restores, he refreshes, he renews, he renews, right? It's a beautiful process, but that, that can be painful. And, and he redeems. And here's the thing that I've discovered, not only in my own life, but also as I've seen it play out in others, when people do that, okay, and, and they're willing to sometimes re-experience the pain, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. and God begins to renew, redeem, refresh and this is the crazy part right here. This is this is this is God's redemption story. Is the things that have been sometimes the most painful for us yeah. in our life, and the things that we're more, most anxious about. He then makes it over the time as He heals us, like our greatest ministry. Mm-hmm. Okay, the person who was addicted to porn and has been set free from that bondage is now helping others to come free from that. The person who has abused sexually as a child and was able to deal with that hurt and that pain is now working at some type of uh, uh, a center in which they are helping others receive that same type of freedom and healing from mm-hmm. that bondage as well. And that's the cool stuff that if, if we would just realize that, that God wants to actually use, he not only wants to like um, heal us and wants to like renew us, but through this redemption story of what he does in our life, mm-hmm. he then allows us to give back into people's lives yeah. and to see yeah. healing done in their life too. I, I want to speak. That's to the, the beauty of the gospel, right there. Right, and I want to speak to the youth workers. Like, this yeah. is not That's what we're audience. talking about. This is not for your flock. This is for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Right. This is for you to learn and to practice. And, and then, right, once you've experienced it, then, then you turn around. It's that, that passage in Corinthians. Is, I think it's, is it first or second Corinthians chapter one, where we get to, you know, the God of all comfort who comforts us in our afflictions that we, we, we may turn around and comfort others in their afflictions, mm-hmm. right? So it's that you walk through the process of healing and then you can immediately turn and minister out of mm-hmm. the most tender and intimate and real place. Not even having to have it all together, but to be on the journey, and then you get to take people on yeah. it with you. You know, uh, as we get ready to do our closing thoughts, Mia, it's like I think back to John chapter 15 that Jesus himself models this when he himself is pruned by his father. The father's the gardener. He prunes everything in me that doesn't bear fruit. And so Jesus is putting himself in this, in this process, not just telling us what to do, but showing us mm-hmm. that he himself is pruned. And then I am divine. You are the branches. How cool is that? That he's, he's showing us the way, mm-hmm. even, even in this difficult process. So as we close this thing down today, what are your final thoughts that you'd like to share with us, Mia? And then, you know, uh, we'll just keep rolling. Yeah. So, I mean, just really to echo a lot of what y'all said, um, but just it's a process and like Jesus modeled it for us of we have to retreat. Jesus took time away 
And um, in ministry, that can be really hard. Um, But I read a book by Jenny Allen, Get Out of Your Head, and um, she talks about doing a mind map. And you kind of break down the different aspects of your life Mm -hmm. to be like, I know that I'm feeling anxious. Is it school? Is it family? Is it personal life? Like, and just taking, I mean, it probably took me 15 minutes to sit there and untangle all the mess in my brain. Mm -hmm. But putting those things on paper, it's like, okay, God is big enough. If this happens, if this thing goes wrong, I know God is big enough because I've seen him do it before. Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, I could talk about that for a long time, but actually, an IWU grad, Joel Trainer, he played soccer here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, was the director my first summer at camp, and mm-hmm. he taught me how to. Um, he taught a group of us just like how he kept a prayer journal, and just the way that he did that is a way to really simple, but just see the testament of God. And mm-hmm. so I think in those anxieties, when I had them written down, it's like, oh, I've seen God provide for me in these anxieties and other areas of my life and I have it written down because if we don't write it down we forget we are forgetful human beings um so just writing that down and having an altar and a testament to that is so so important wow that's That's really good your last thoughts well I want to I just want to encourage the youth workers out there yeah right I look back at you know, especially in my youth as a youth minister, I got so emotionally tied up in like the X and X's and O's of like the administrative part of ministry. And I just want to encourage you, like the beauty of what you're doing is, is the relationships and prioritizing just loving people. Don't get bogged down and, you know, the event and all the details. We need to be excellent. We need to plan well, but but what you're in the game for is to shepherd people. Mm-hmm. And before you can shepherd people and have any kind of longevity in this is you have to be a shepherd of your own soul yes, and, and care for yourself. And so your intimacy with the Lord, it is the most important thing that you have going. And I also want to encourage you. I think a lot of ministers feel like they can't be honest with anybody. And that's just not true. It's just a lie from the pit of hell. He wants you to be bottled up and isolated, and that's the way that predators hunt. And and so I want to encourage you, like, if you don't feel safe within whatever context, go find people to get in the huddle, to get honest, and lay it out there and be real. And what 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 will happen is is you're, you're going to be healthy. Right? It's like a, you know, every pastor needs a friend. Mm. Every pastor needs a, a mentor. Every pastor needs an accountability partner. Every pastor needs a coach, and and places and spaces in which they feel safe to go. Okay, this is how I'm really feeling. This yep. is how I'm really doing, and 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 able to like have people to surround them, wrap arms around them, hug them, love them, and work through it. Yep. So they good. they don't have to have it all together. No, They're just they don't. people. Oh. Yeah, yep. just sharing my own experience because it's so fresh in my mind. The past three years, I just was running this ministry and didn't have people that I knew outside of the ministry um, because it was a small town. And um, anyway, with my new position, and I've made friends and can just be open. They don't care about what I do. They care about my heart. And just like, 
I feel like I'm breathing for the first time. Mm. Um, but I didn't realize that I was drowning before and I'm thankful for it. It taught me to be dependent on the Lord, but that is not how we're called to live. Yeah. Please listen to what they're saying, especially that point, how blessed that I'm sitting next to a person I can share anything with. Mm. And I have. That's right. Amen. And uh, a dear friend that, that is liberating. So it it brings life, not death. Yes. That's right. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Shay, Mia, our friends from Kanakuk, thank you so much for really coming good. and being guests on our podcast today. Amazing stuff. Appreciate it. Boom. And boom. We would like to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Western University for allowing us to use their podcast studio and their facilities. I also want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. Find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Once again, thank you for listening to a couple of old guys talking about ministry principles. We have over 70 years of ministry experience and we'll see you next week.